Brandon. Hold on. Hello. Hold on one second. We're we're in the we're in the queue. We're ready. We're ready to start the stream soon. But I need some music. I need some. If I don't listen to this music before we start this whole thing, I just just doesn't feel right. I mean, me. There we go. Put on a little bit of that cue music there. Wait for everyone to show up. So, Brandon. Yeah. We've got about six minutes here or so before the show starts. And I'd like to bring up a subject that's been grinding my gears. <laughs> grinding your gears, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You ever go to the movie theater? You know you know what that well, is? Yeah, sometimes. The the cinema. Yeah, okay. You ever you ever go to like a regal theater? Um that's more of a California thing. Um we have our my stepmother, mother in law, yeah, mother in law has bought us gift cards, but we don't go. Alright, you ever see one of these things before a movie starts where some somebody comes out and says, Yeah, we are uh, this person and that person and we hope you enjoy our film. And it's a yes. fucking commercial. You ever yes. you ever see that? It's like the worst like made for a lifetime Hallmark special version of it. It's not even a good commercial. Like there's nothing no, to not it. It's like they're in the world's like chintziest, nicest theater and everyone's having a great time. And I'm like, this isn't a film. Yeah. This isn't a film. No. Elizabeth Banks came out. She's not having a good week, Brandon. No. <laughs> she came out last night before this movie. She's like, I'm Elizabeth Banks. That's poor. No, no, you know what? I take that back. It was Olivia Wilde. <laughs> Look, Elizabeth Banks is having such a bad week. I just threw her under the bus. She wasn't right. even there. <laughs> Corrected myself, though. Pretty good here. So, Olivia Wilde, you remember her from uh, yep. Tron, right? She was in Tron. Yeah, and like a comedy with Ryan Reynolds, I think. She directed a couple cool movies. I, I haven't seen them yet, but I know I hear they're good. So, she comes out and says, I'm Olivia Wilde, and I support these filmmakers. And it's fucking dumbass commercial. <laughs> you know, like, just two people going to the theater. Just going to the theater, and they're like, I love refreshments. You know what? I, I can't even tell you what happened, because this time I closed my eyes. This time, I, <laughs> I refuse to watch it. They're not films, Brandon. They're films in the way that this isn't really a commercial. You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> I mean, it says... Shop sketch crap. I don't. I don't sell nothing, Brandon. You know? No. I barely. I barely sell myself. I'm not a good filmmaker. <laughs> and, and and you are relatively cheap, so. Huh? I'm very cheap. You know what I have yes. for breakfast? Nothing. Apple, a- apple and peanut butter. I know, right? I know. I'm. I meant cheap as in you are affordable, not as in. <laughs> oh. You know what I got you for Christmas? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> you would have got me something, but you took it away. <laughs> Which I still, yeah. think, I still think I should get it, because then I can create multiple profiles. But you know. Oh, I offered to get Brandon and his wife Disney Plus for her birthday. Uh-huh. He told me they already had Disney Plus. So. We don't have, no, we don't have it already. I'm, using, me, I'm on someone else's account. You, you told me you had it. You told me you had Disney Plus. People are wondering, is this the show now? Do you just talk over music and, and throw up a, an ad? <laughs> no. This is it. This is it. This is it. This is the show. This is what we do now. Someone else asked me, Brandon, they go, are you ever going to stream art again? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One 
one day. <laughs> so I was like, you know what? I guess it's time to do that thing where we stream the art. Mm-hmm. We still got three minutes. Damn. I thought I thought that would have done it. I love this piece of music. It's game cave music. Mm-hmm. My my buddy Shinabalabalaba. He uh he did this. That and, really his name? Yeah, Shinabalabala. And he's it's a weird he's, dude. He's he's an he's an eccentric dude, but super fucking talented. He's got, he's got a weird name. He does these great like off the cuff jazz renditions of like NES tunes and stuff. Okay. And then he just like in the middle of it like he'll be like playing like footage from Link to the Past and he'll just be riffing the tunes live on the keyboard and then he'll just break into like in in pixel retro form like Michael Jackson music in the middle of it and he goes right back into Link and you're like that fits it really fits <laughs> so he's, he's that talented that he makes it work yeah he's super dude he's, his music's awesome this is supposed to be like like it speeds up because he has to put that little jazz riff on there which is cool but it's supposed to be like just hanging out the game cave place at the store. Yeah. That's where everybody wants to be. That's where I'd rather be. I'd rather be there than here. Mm, me too. Wait, unless you're there, then. You know what I, I don't want to be? I don't want to be trapped in the movie theater watching films. <laughs> Which are really just shitty Hallmark-style commercials. I mean, you like those you know those Hallmark movies? Like, There's one coming out where it's like like a knight just appears, you know what I mean, and teaches some <laughs> chick, some hot chick, the meaning of Christmas. Hot yeah, chick. They're gonna make you a misogynist. No, I don't know her name, yeah. man. I wish it were reversed. Like some like Brianna Tarth, brutal like Viking warrior chick shows up and then teaches like me the meaning of Christmas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> These were our pagan rituals, you know, and then like just abuses me, takes me as her <laughs> man slave <laughs> back to the hut. Or Brandon right, makes yeah. makes a bunch of little megatators. Speaking of which, okay. we gotta make some merch. We need some mega potato merch, don't you think? Some shirts. I think so. You know me, I'm a narcissist. I'm cool with that. Yeah. Put some of those ruffies on shirt forms. They can just wear blob ruffies. I think they'd work <laughs> as shirts. Those stupid little blobs I do. Oh yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. The the megatator characters. It's the one thing I learned about making t-shirts is make your art dumb. <laughs> just dumb it down people will wear it It's uh, okay folks we're, we're ready to start the stream here it's 37 seconds the five we, are, we already lost two people I've been watching the numbers it's funny they're like oh that's what this shit is is uh, that what the red, the red number two means or does that mean two uh, people are in here uh, well you're one of them and I'm one of them we had two other people but they left alright Brandon we're gonna get out of here ready yeah, come back. let's go do it Real-time art, my ass. I gotta get a new intro, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> I keep every time we do this, I'm like, I gotta get a new intro. Yeah. All right, everybody. It's not real-time art. I gotta fix that. Okay. So.
in my defense, over the past year, I've changed everything on this channel like twice. Right, Brandon? Yes. Brandon's just the guy that just stands back me behind me like the hype guy. What was that key and peel? Where he's like, yeah! Nice. <laughs> yeah! And then he like, he like shot him like Steinbeck style at the end of the... <laughs> took him to the park. Uh. So look out, Brandon. If I ever want to take you to the park, you know what's coming. Uh, <laughs> sketch. <laughs> Things get dark early in the morning around here, right? Yeah, they do. The earlier we do this, the darker my humor is. Um, Grumpier I am. What are we? What are we doing? What What are we doing here, Ben? We're going to do commentary. You can turn the volume off on your end, so I don't have to hear it. Um, we're going to do commentary for this final piece of colored art here. Did Wolverblade? So I'm going to start that up. I'm going to open up. Here's the actual piece. The final thing we're going to get to, and this. The only thing I didn't record was this color roughing. This is my rough little like color guide. I kind of want to do something like this, but not bad. Um, that eventually becomes this. So, um, Brandon, word word to remind: you don't have to talk fast. We're gonna be here a while. <laughs> so, <laughs> so when I'm like, you got any questions? And then you go, you know. We're, that, just, is a, that is an actual perfect representation of how I talk. That's exactly. <laughs> if I did it, Jess would laugh. She kind of yeah. laughs at everything. So, oh my yeah. God. <laughs> she'd go. <laughs> and then when I walked out the door, she'd be like, I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah, she, she doesn't. It's just like when she listens to songs, I'm like, you even know what they're saying? She goes, no, nah, I just like the beats. I'm like, all right. <laughs> you got the beat. Oh, I don't want to get taken off. All right. All right ready? I'm going to hit play. Here we go. So this is uh, sped up four times. And unlike the last video, I did not edit this, all the so, uh, small parts out, like the, the delays. So if we hit a delay, I'm just going to hit the forward key. You know, a little uh -huh. bit. Like I can hit the forward key there. It's funny, I started drawing and then I immediately stopped. So what happens when this happens? Here's the reality of being an artist. This is usually my dog comes in and immediately decided that since I started working, she wanted to be let out. All right. <laughs> That's usually how it goes. Yeah. So then I come right back and get to work. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're seeing here is me creating uh, a selection flat for this piece of art. And that's where I take a solid color, generally annoying, 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 uh, neon colors, um, neonish color, colors I would normally color with, and I use those. So I'll do, I try not to overdo it. I just do the areas I want to select consistently when I'm airbrushing. So you want to think about it like, you know, like a multi-plane camera, Brandon? You ever hear that in Disney where they have like multi-planes? Yeah. Like just the planes you want to be able to airbrush. Like see how like there's that leg right there? Right here, there's this leg. Mm -hmm. And the arm, like if you really needed to, if you were going to consistently airbrush behind it, you could separate that out. But you don't want to make a selection flat out of every little thing because it's just overkill. Um, I'm going to have to do a bit of that anyway when I do my... What I do now is if I really want those individual pieces, I do my color flats um, separately, which you'll see. And I can always select those. So first thing I do is I lose a lasso tool and then uh, I have to... This is this is a little trick. You have to fill the color to the edge of the line. So, sorry, I'll go back. 
Um, so what that means is, okay, well, first I have to separate. That's what I'm doing. I'm separating them. See? See how he's pink? You'll see. He's pink. All right. So you want to make sure that, that that selection flat goes just about to the edge of your black lines underneath. And this is how I'm able to, like, tint the skin and everything mm -hmm. later on. You'll see. Without actually having to manually go in there and airbrush. I, I love doing flats. <laughs> yeah, Baron, I had you doing flats for like a year, right? Yeah, at, at least at least a year, I think it was. And it was, and I, I mean, I didn't even know, like as dumb as it is, I didn't know how to do flats before doing it. So it definitely was very, very tedious and learning and just, you know, making sure I get all the way to the lines and color separations and things like that. So I'm sampling color from my initial roughie. And this is, yeah, this is the tedious part. So the quick way to do this when you're doing the color selections is to just fill it in and then select the lines and color underneath it as you go. Look, man, uh, Brandon, you use Clip Studio Paint, right? And so I do. The big thing is Clip Studio Paint does all the flats for you. No help. Is that true? Not at all. <laughs> Not but at all. Maybe with really simple art, right? Like the right. simpler, simpler you get. But when you got tons of nicks and crannies and little edge details and the lines, tons of little ropes and belt buckles and halftone lines in there, it's not going to happen. You know, I haven't even with that new stuff that you have me working on, I haven't even tried to do the flats the way people say you can do it in that. I don't even know if it'll work with that stuff that I've been doing. Oh, it with, won't. Cause yeah, we tried so, it on the battle toad stuff and it doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't even try with the new stuff. I was just like, yeah, I know it won't, it won't work well unless I'm doing like just one solid object type things. On he, each he, layer. Yeah. When Brandon's talking about this, he's working on some Rick and Morty fan comics just for practice. I have him like, translating the first episode into a comic format just so you can work on basic panel storytelling and so even with that rick and morty stuff like it doesn't doesn't work that way no, like every artist i've seen you know when they see the video and then they kind of get it working and they make a video immediately telling everyone how great it is and here's how you do it and then later on you don't see them do it again <laughs> right watch someone be like he does this right here not with my art do it with my art get back to me Go go yeah. flat that Darksiders piece with War I did. You know what I mean? Like I still gotta do that at some point. This is a super easy piece to draw on color, ultimately. Big burly dudes. And it ain't working for this, so <laughs> this is about as simple as it gets for Rob. But yeah, Brandon used to go here and how I'm doing all these select flats. Brandon would do that for, um, well, I'm doing this for the base color. I call it base flats. But Brandon would do that as his selection flats. And then I'd have to manually select every little thing and turn it into a color. I actually right. timed it. It was faster for me to do the flats myself at that point. And that's not a slight on Brandon. It's just I don't want people picking my colors. All right. So if this were like a comic... I would have like a style guide, you know, mm -hmm. and you would, I would have the flatter just put everything on model. So I'm sampling colors from the cutscenes from the game. 
That artwork is by John Samiavara. He did the cutscenes for the game. I was initially supposed to do the cutscenes, but I said, I'm probably going to be late with that shit, so don't trust me. <laughs> <laughs> I was really honest. I'm like, you know, man, I'm probably not going to turn that in. I got a lot going on right now. So he got Red J, and I'm like, good call. Came out great. So I'm just trying to be consistent with the colors in the game because it's going to be in that layout mm-hmm. next to all the screenshots. And if it doesn't have the colors, it can be my own art style, but if it doesn't have the colors, then you know what I mean? Like, right. It's just going to look weird. So. <sighs> yeah, when, when you're doing stuff like this, man, I recommend you listen to audiobooks or podcast or something something informative so you're not wasting your life (laughs) (laughs) or put on sketchcraft and listen to us that's always a plus there's a thousand videos folks in the youtube i had people asking me are you archiving these on twitch i'm like no they don't let me i'm not who do you think i am (laughs) you know who i am i am irrelevant you know quote unquote and for those that don't know, right there, for a lot of your selections, you're using the lasso tool and just simply cutting things out, right? Yeah, and so one thing you're not seeing me do, um, because I'm doing it so fast, is as I select him, because I want that tuft of fur behind him, he's already got a selection flat, right? So I just mm-hmm. broad select that lasso tool, and then I can right-click on the preview thumbnail right there over that lime green area and select intersect selection and what that will do is intersect that green neon select flat with whatever i lasso tooled and that's how you trap those colors and so that's how i work super fast and i've also mapped on my cintiq um fill color to one of the buttons so i'm just hitting a button to fill the color with the foreground color like do 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 and um, it's actually a i think it's alt shift backspace and control shift backspace and that will fill every pixel on a layer that you're doing that with so if you're recoloring things you can trap all the pixels if people are wondering if you're wondering why i say that's important brandon you ever try to fill in something with the wand tool and it leaves a weird jaggy edge around it like, yeah. yeah yeah like a halo type thing. yeah the way to get around that is to, instead of doing fill you do control shift backspace or alt shift backspace which is a really pain to reach over and do manually on the keyboard when you're drawing. So I've mapped it to one button as an action. So I created an action and mapped that action to the button. And so I'm able to just hit a button. Like I had to walk your wife through that last week. Uh-huh. That was so fucking annoying for me. Like she was a trooper, but it's just me explaining this stuff. I'm just... going to have to go back and rewatch how you, some of the stuff you do with flats anyway. It's been a while since I've had to do intersecting flats and. I mean, it's been a while. So when you select things in Photoshop or mostly any other program, you have three options um, beyond select, add selection. You can subtract selection, add selection, and intersect. So intersect is like the difference between the two. So like if I drew the one lasso tool, if I drew the lasso tool over his pants and boot, but I right-clicked over the pants and hit intersect, it... Interselect the selection, it would only select the pants part because it was it intersects between whatever I hovered over. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It's super easy. Just 
I don't know. People get weird out about selections and masks. They go, I don't understand it. Right. So you see how like automatically all their tones changed? That's mm -hmm. because I've trapped the colors to go to, to right up to the edge of the line. It's not at the edge. It's like one pixel under it. And so then I can turn those lines some to overlay. I think I usually do overlay and then black. So now you can see it's a little off. So I'm manually selecting. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Brandon. I'm manually selecting the lines and then painting in the colors. Now, this is one reason why I switched to CS6. I normally use CS5. But CS6 has one function I just can't get rid of. And that is I can you can eyedrop. You can pick select any color. Um current and below so what that means is if my lines are above my flats i can if i select current and below and i select the color it's going to ignore anything above my flats i.e all those half tones you see that the lines are creating does that make sense brandon like the lines are creating all those little half tone colors and if i want to select the color and i pick select current and below it will not select any of those colors because they're actually occurring above Right, because they're blending, basically, right? Right, they're blending. So it's a real fast way to select colors. Like I, I find it very useful, and I, f I gave up on it, you know, because CSX was always crashing. But I'm like, man, this fucking makes flats go away faster. So with this, is, <laughs> with this particular piece, I just reinstalled CSX. I'm like, I need that. I need that option back. Right. So that's what I'm doing here. I'm just, I just, I've selected the lines, and I hid the selection, and then I'm just painting in by color picking the color that actually exists below those lines just cleaning it up so super fast way to do it yeah and you got a you got a fan in the chat room says your art is good and they like the colors that's hey sammy. thanks sammy this is the time to ask questions we're going to be here a little bit so this uh Remember, this is sped up four times, so I'm at the 15-minute mark. What's 15 times four, Brandon? It's 15, a lot. 60? I think it's 60, 60 right? <laughs> <laughs> you, you just agree with it. If I had said 3,000, you would have. Oh, I would have been like, yeah, definitely. Right. Definitely, 100%, sir. It's also the meaning of love, right? So. Yes. <laughs> now, when you're doing it, like, so when you're coloring all this, is there ever a moment when you're doing flats or anything where you go back and change the line work? Or once you're done with the lines, no. you're done? No, I don't change them. I mean, I might paint over something. If I'm like, that's a little rough, I can paint over it once I'm in the coloring phase. Yeah. But I mean, during flats, it's irrelevant because if you think you need to change something, you know, like, I mean, I generally catch the shit in the drawing now. The only time I don't catch things is when people rush me. So one time I drew a sword that wasn't straight and Brandon brought it up, right? <laughs> he brought it up and I've never, I never let it go. And it was because I had a business partner pressuring me to get shit done faster than I wanted to. Yeah. So it rarely happens. But there are things where I'm like, oh, that hair could use more stuff or it's a little dirty. I can paint over the lines once I'm, I'm coloring, you know? Yeah. So I don't. I'm not going to go back and change lines. Because once I change the lines, then I have to do flats again on some area. You know, like, that's, right. a, that's not no Fargan way. So. Did they want you to do, well, I guess since you have pretty much choice, did 
any part of you wanted to make this a multi-character piece or you knew right away that you wanted to just do that that big headshot with the action pose in front of it all right two things so one no one asked me to do this this has actually held the magazine up (laughs) (laughs) i i drew i i added this to my own workload because i was supposed to draw the cutscenes to this game initially you know Uh back in 2014 i think 13 14 i can't remember and i you know i couldn't do it so i've been pressuring these guys to cover this game for a while with you know my own motive where i'm like i'll be able to do a piece of art finally and put it next to the game right so get some kind of you know fun closure for rub um now i didn't there's there's a bunch of characters in the game um but given the space requirements uh you know, I, I prefer to draw a character or a headshot, just given the space requirements. In this case, I did both. So, I don't know, man, I like the character with the headshot. I mean, I, guess I do it a lot, but that just came from... Um, when you draw a character, you don't get to see their face. You right. know? But when, if you just draw the face, sometimes you feel like you didn't get enough of the character. So I always constantly try to like blend the two. No, I like it. I'm always a fan of the action pose with the bigger like silhouette three-fourths view headshot you know um with a lot of art i like it i even like it with tattoos where someone will do you know like a big picture of let's say batman and then below it you have like a little chibi batman or a little action pose of the batman within it so things like that i always think are cool you get the both you get the big strong silhouette but then you get a cool action piece to it you know you know where it first dawned on me that whole layout action figure boxes as a kid that's what i was just gonna gonna say it makes me think of action figure back in the day you know you get you get the cool action figure and then behind it you got the big silhouette the secret to my art is i draw everything like a toy even the layout like this would look like there's the action figure (laughs) and there's a little packaging (laughs) that's just how i that's how i do it it's how i uh get around the whole idea of trying to draw um a style or trying to draw like some kind of like magic i don't know like so you ever stress over what to draw or how to draw or what it should look like every day so just the way i i I know um maybe i should not talk to you people out there you know the way i get around it is i just think about it as toys posing little figures so in this case um one second in this case it was just to make certain that it you know, should it have been the the girl or the other dude? But you don't really play as the the female character, so I chose the two dudes. Maybe in the sequel. Right. Alrighty, so I think that's it for flats. And now I'm figuring out. Oh no, I got to work out his tattoos. So the quick way I did the tattoos is I filled the skin with blue, and then I last using my my guide and their reference as a guide. See, I, my roughie, I kind of like layered it in and then I lasso tool those tattoos in, in the mask. That's, that's quicker than probably painting them in. Yeah, it's super fast. And a good lesson to learn how to do that because if you're ever working for clients and they want changes, it's a fast way to work. Yeah, I never used the lasso tool like that before you said, hey, this is a faster way. I'm like, all right, I'll try it out. Yeah, that got done pretty quick. 
Otherwise, I would just try to paint it in, draw it in with the paintbrush, and then go back, erase, go back. Yeah, I just use little edge tools to go and add, you know, streaky edges. Carve out the little ends. So, super easy. <clears throat> Easy once you've had practice. Definitely practice it. Or maybe it's just me. <laughs> Learning to draw with the lasso tool is a good thing. I think every digital, if you're going to do digital art, learn to draw with the lasso tool. Not everything, but just learn to draw stuff with it. Really comes in handy for like trees, bush, any knickknacks you need. Things where you kind of want to take away the hand element. Uh -huh. you know, really does solve a lot of problems. It just feels weird when you're like, it's not like drawing. I'm like, yeah, let that go. Yeah, I think that's what it is. It's such an unnatural thing to do, I guess, because it's not like, like I said, it's not like you're drawing where you, you know you'll do a stroke. It's like you're literally just like cutting out like pieces. It's sort of like airbrushing where you create stencils. Yeah. Yeah. So they go, well, it's not natural, like, drawing. I'm like, neither is fucking airbrushing, where you create out a bunch of stencils. like so, <clears throat> um, Or frisket masks and stuff. So It's just like, after all this stuff, it gets kind of a little technical, like, I'm over, I get this just right. Um, and then when you go to actually paint, like, generally I take a break somewhere. Uh -huh. Speed it up a little bit. There we go. I stress over these sort of things because then I'm like, are these like really cultural tattoos? Because it's kind of based on a historical event. I'm like, am I right. fucking up some kind of history? You know, am I going to piss off? <laughs> you know, someone who really knows this shit can be like, that is not the accurate tattoo. Like, you know, when you watch a movie like Braveheart or some shit. All right. So now I'm going to color in the background. The easiest way to do this is I put my roughie right above and I'm just selecting the colors. Airbrushing on the very bottomless layer. <laughs> that is an easy way to copy your work and let me tell you something <clears throat> this is a really important thing to learn because if you ever submit an idea to an art director like that thumbnail and they approve it and then you go and like the background doesn't line up the way it did in the thumbnail or you change the gradient like there's a difference between plusing and changing like as I drew it it got a little better a little more refined or you completely changed from like that gradient to like, I don't know, a diamond shape or something. Uh -huh. You don't want to do that. Like you got to stick to whatever gets approved. You just have to learn how to like plus what gets approved. This is a hard concept to grasp, but it's the number one thing I've seen artists like struggle with when they first, you know, start working professionally is they'll be like, well, I worked on it and it changed. I'm like, but they didn't pay for that change. They paid for this <laughs> Right. One. You know, like, you need to, like, find a way to create the best version of that thing you submitted, you know? So it can improve as you go along, but it can't, like, radically change. So having that initial roughy lined up to my final art and not tracing it, not being like, well, that's it. That's what I got. You know, like, just it's there. I can check it so I didn't deviate too far. And I can sample some initial colors and then plus it. 
That's why it's important too that when I send color roughies these days, I'm like, that's what I'm trying to do the coolest version of this shitty piece of art. Right. <laughs> like I, I just threw it under the bus. I'm like, I know it's crap. It's gonna be a be- the best version of that crappy piece of art. Yeah. You know. Oh, this is where I was. People were asking me about lasso tools during the stream. This is me. I'll, I'll jump this. Skip that. I'm showing how you can draw like grass really quickly. So sometimes during the live streams, folks, I give out little art tips. So this adding the stroke around a character is a really easy way to get out of drawing tons of details and shit for the background. Oh, I was showing how to make selections. So because I was bored. Alright. And now Yeah, so let me just skip all this. And see I'm still tweaking this top tattoo on his head. Stressing out over about this. <laughs> Coloring is all about planes and surface planes. So even if they're real shapes or fake shapes or fun shapes or whatever, your any bit of light, any bit of detail is going on the plane, the surface. How like think about it like it's not a drawing of a dude, it's a statue of a dude. So anywhere you paint on that statue, it's going to have a plane, a surface that moves in other directions, horizontally, vertically, slanted. You know, so you want to add color. You want to train your brain to see everything. Okay, let me skip all this. Let me skip this. <laughs> the lessons in between. Yeah, okay. This is me adding a stroke back here. So, we can skip all this. This is me explaining to people how layers work. <laughs> this is fun. Okay. Uh, and then I drop in my customized textures. They're going to look a little fucked up. I tend to drop them all in and then airbrush out like uh, intensities. These textures really are designed to blow the shit out of the art. Make it look all like... The idea is that I, I set it up, these textures, so that if you ever take like a comic book that's already been printed on crappy paper and scan it back mm-hmm. in, that's what it looks like. You can see the difference. Boom, boom. So and it just adds noise and, I don't know, color fluctuations. I, I like the way it looks. So for my art, it goes on everything now. Yeah, it's always, I always like it. I think it's cool. People keep asking me, you know, are you going to sell those textures? Okay, so that was the first, and then we can <sighs> skip ahead. So, All right, let's see if I can get to... There we go. Now I'm setting up setting up my lines. I mean, I'm la- Look at that. I actually name layers and shit. What? Um, like cleaning up that file who are who are you anymore you know usually it's just like 200 layers and there's no names but you know where exactly they're at so i've created a few different lighting i'm not gonna a lot of artists like to use 3d tool sets some to like oh this is a lighting rig it's not Sometimes I have like different layers set up where I can drag in and kind of like use them. So let's see if I can just jump ahead. So I'm grabbing some of those from previous files. And That's cheating, in. Rob. That's yes. cheating. Yes, cheat. 
So, okay, we can get right here. So I'm just like, what colors did I use to do that thing? Oh yeah, I forget folks how I do shit. So the first thing I'm gonna do is tint these characters to the background where I select the select flats, copy a piece of that background I did and then put it over the art and then multiply it very lightly. So this will just, what that does is in like, when you know when you paint Brandon and you tonalize the canvas before you paint, it's the mm -hmm. same kind of thing. You're like tonalizing the canvas. You're tonalizing the characters to the background. Not a lot. It's not a ton. It's just like 20%. Multiply. Sometimes a color burn. However it looks. And then um, that just automatically like gets them looking from looking super bright and shit. And then now I'm creating those shadows and lights and layers. I'm going to paint in the masks. I wish there was an easy way to explain this. So I have three or four colors that I think look good when you combine them together as overlays, mm -hmm. multiplies, and color lights, hard lights. It just depends on the piece. And then I group them into a group, trap that with the mass. That's what that is there. I trapped it to the select flag. And then in this, and then I regroup it and then paint that mask. <laughs> so the whole layer is filled with three different types of colors. I mask it to the art I want colored and then I group that again and color in that mask so I can um, paint highlights and, and everything in masks so that's what I'm setting up right now I should I don't I don't even know how like it's tough to say like this is a way to work because mm -hmm. it's one way to work and I I don't have like one just one way there's like four or five different <clears throat> ways that I have to work. Sometimes I have to work completely in black and white for work, you know? Because they need things like, like when I was on Spyro, they need things in different colorways. So the easiest way to do that is to render the whole thing in black and white and then do colors and gradient maps. So that's one way to do it. There's a way to color um, everything in color one go. That's this way. But I use these lighting rigs because I like, I like the... Uh, pants to have a certain color and the greens to be a certain color like so and um on every, on every piece yeah what are you saying and I, and I don't manually want to do it so i fill up these layers with different colors and then mask out and color in the masks so i, I this is a hard concept for me to describe i don't even know how anyone would understand it what i do know is that um that the thing to think about is you can paint everything in a layer or you can fill a whole layer up with the color and use a mask and paint in the mask. And I find that easier because when you're in a mask, everything's one of it's black, white, or gray, meaning that it's going to be hundred percent, 50% or 0%. And so when you're in the mask, I can just hit the X button and flip back and forth when I'm coloring versus constantly selecting colors and airbrushing with them or painting with them. Does that make sense? Especially when you're using the lasso tool, because in the mask, I can just focus on where the light sources are coming from and just okay. draw in the color and cut out. Like, I see they're all dark. You'll, you're going to see here really quickly. I'll start to draw in the light sources using the lasso tool, airbrush that stuff in. So, And this is all being done in masks. So. Yeah, and right here I I'm trying to figure out like I don't like I don't want them to look too pink because <laughs> like the background is is cool so it needs like more blues in there it can't have that warm 
high noon light like so light balances depending on you know time of day and location in this case they're in a forest there's a little bit of blues and stuff so it has to be a cooler shade layer not a warmer shade layer so i'm just tweaking these four these four color layers to get an effect that has color in the shadow because i like color being in the shadow i like it to be dead looking but it can't be too much color to where he's glowing pink next to a blue background so that's what's happening And then when I select things with the lasso tool, I have two buttons map or three buttons. So one is refine edge. So if I draw something and you set it to refine edge, it will, if it's jaggy, it'll smooth it out. So I don't have to draw the lasso tool selections perfectly. I can make them kind of rough. And then I've mapped refine edge to a hotkey and it's refining the edge. That's, that's cool. That's what I'm explaining to these people here. The other thing I do is I've mapped a key to feathering edge so if I want that shade layer that I just selected to have a soft edge to it right I've mapped feather edge which blurs the edge of my selections and every time I tap it it blurs it a little more a little more a little more that's how you get that soft you know the Disney style airbrushing where the characters have a softer edge to them I'm not mm -hmm. that exists because <laughs> I'm feathering the edge which you can see in the history window right over there if you take a look feather 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 three or four times so in this case the lights coming behind him so he's darker up here there's a little key light back here I find it easier to make everything dark and then airbrush in the highlights it unless it's a totally in the middle of the day piece then you know you don't want to if you're only gonna have very minimal shadows what's the point you gotta invert it, just draw the shadows in. But if it's a more of a moodier thing, then it's easier to fill the whole thing up dark. So again, now I'm adding color back into that shadow by just adjusting one of these four layers here. So I'm thinking of all these little tufts as little triangle diamond shapes. And like the plane on his nose is an actual shape. It's a, there's an actual surface there. And I can make that softer by just airbrushing in. Keep it to a softer edge. And you can start to carve out these shapes. Go ahead. With the, uh, so I don't know how to word this always the best way, but let's say like with his, his neck fur compared to his skin, would you do a difference of feathering soft and and such, or would it all be kind of the same so it's all cohesive? Um, if it's organic, it's feathered. If it's metallic or man-built, it's got a harder edge. Gotcha. Does that, does that help? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's just because, you know, like you see, you know, the skin, and you're like, you know, you're feathering it so it's a little softer because, you know, it's a skin. But then I'm like thinking, well, you know, then also the fur is probably soft too, so they'll probably get kind of the same feathering. But yeah, if it was like the sword blade or something, then it would be like a, a much sharper. Yeah, so I would just I would just draw it with the lasso tool, so it would have a metallic harder edge. Same with these light sources; these are more stylized light sources. These rim lights, so I'm not feathering those at all. 
So I'm trying to find a way that's a little graphic with the light sources. One to save time. Um, let's say graphic. I mean, like I'm just drawing in these like broad light sources, you know, mm -hmm. um, these little rim lights. Same with that stroke. Like that stroke's there to <clears throat> add warmth to the edge without actually rendering the shit out of the background. You know, like it's a t-shirt trick. It's a graphic design trick. It's cool though. Like a lot of people don't think about how much rim lighting and things like that can really push shapes on your art. You know, I never did it before where I would just do, how would I say? I just do a couple layers. I just keep doing shading upon shading upon shading, you know, or just like, you know, darkening edges, light. it's like, but some of the stuff you can, you know, you can really achieve with that rim light, you know, that extra little bit of cream that cuts out the edges, you know? I would say the most important thing to first learn is learn how to see everything as a three-dimensional surface. So when you're airbrush, even when you're drawing, so when you're airbrushing, you can go in there and add light sources to surfaces. Like that's the most important thing. And then, you know, through deadlines, trial and error, you can find more graphic ways to like that rim light, right? Where you, you're not relying on it to get the whole job done but you're not overdoing your art. I mean, I see a lot of art, man. It, I think the more detailed you go, the less um, your style starts to show through. Does that mm -hmm. make sense? Like the less your hand, right? So super realistic paintings that look amazing for like, you know, magic, World of War, you know, those magic, the gathering stuff, things like that. They're great because all that art, when you're playing it as a game, tends to tie together, right? You know, it, it's, it, it binds it together. However, when you're creating your own things that need to look inherently like you, um, the less you put on the page, the more people can see your hand, your style, your, your thought process. Does that make sense? Yeah. So um, I tend to lean somewhere around there. Like, like what's an acceptable amount and again, this is me now putting blue in there because I'm like, ah, it's too red. I don't have a <laughs> a guide for this. I'm like, let me. Cool part about this is these are um, adjustment layers. As a so on Photoshop, there's a thing called adjustment layers, and you can fill it as a solid. So I can just go into that, make a new adjustment layer, fill it with the color, and see what it reacts. And I'm putting some green in there because I'm like, well, maybe it would bounce up from the floor, and there'd be some green in the shadows, but they tend to look a little dead when you do just there so it's like where do i put it in the order <laughs> where do i put it so they look tough but they look pretty uh it's a fucking pain in my ass man trial and error though you know what i mean yeah this isn't good for views on streams like if you're no, trying to get I... a lot of people to follow you don't ever do this don't show this just uh you know <laughs> don't stream two hours of me talking about it <laughs> right. yeah. it, but i mean there's something you know when you're making your art like you gotta you gotta try a lot of things just to see what's going to work for the piece you're working on like there's no set guidelines for well each piece i could tell you one of the decisions i came up with here is i'm using a lot of problems on so the one thing is they need to be separated so what i decided was the foreground character will have more green in it because he's closer to the ground and the background character will have more blues and purples and that will help separate them. 
I just came up with that right now. Like that's that's where I'm at in the drawing. Like I'm looking at it like that's where I figured that out. That's all. I'll get so it was like I want green, I want purple, but it doesn't work with both of them, so I put it more into one and less in the other. So I get it in the image, it's there, and then I'm checking to see how it reacts with my textures. And those textures look really streaky because they're they're at full blast. I I will change the opacity of those textures based on where they are on the characters. Mm -hmm. Some will get more, some will get less. Um, it's not just a blanket, turn on the texture, piece is done. Like that, that doesn't work that way. I, I wish there right. was some instant amazing thing I do that just solves all my problems, but it's a little bit of like this, it's a little bit of that, it's looking at it, does it work, does it not work? I'm carving out this, I'm like fuck, I'll just manually do it. It's not working with the lasso. Also, Alley Cat says hello in the chat. Hey, good job, Brandon. Well, I didn't want to cut you off, but I got to give them shout outs. So I'm like, how much of this light do I put on his face? That doesn't make him look shiny and greasy, yeah. glossy. Well, he should look a little. Yeah, he's a little sweaty, but yeah. And when I don't know, I just go work on another part of the piece. I'm like, well, I'll go soften some of these. So look, make it real simple. You got two kind of edges when you're coloring, soft edges and hard edges. <laughs> <laughs> like it really is as simple as that. And anything you do, whether it's watercolor, gouache, color pen, whatever, it's a soft edge or a hard edge. So, you know, I start with the soft and then when I want a softer edge, I start with a hard and then whenever I want a softer edge, I can just manually airbrush that out so now i've used his selection flat and i'm selecting some of that background color and airbrushing behind him to pop this character forward oh atmospheric so that's going over the lines so that's why it's important to trap your selections as much as possible with those lines so that when you do that you're not doing too much cleanup you know like eliminate some of the it, the yeah, I'm just pushing it back so it looks like he's moving forward. All right. That's it. I try to get these eyes working. If the eyes work and I can like look at the character, everything else is easier for me. If I don't feel like the characters are looking at me some way, then I feel like the whole thing is fucking hosed. <laughs> This was an easy piece. I mean, they're just angrily staring at me, so. <laughs> give that death stare. Yeah, that's that look I give you when you knock on my door. Mm-hmm. What do you want? So now I need some stronger shadows. So I'm going to go here and select under his chin and use darker, some black, some soft shade. And I'm just airbrushing that in to push like his chin forward. So anywhere you put a dark shadow, it's going to pop everything else around it forward. So I call like I know you've said, I know you said it before, but can you say it again? The difference between pushing and plussing. So pushing is just, you want to take certain shapes and 
make them more three-dimensional. You want them to pop off the page. A way to do that is instead of trying to constantly add more light sources to make things brighter, to work a shape, you can you can shade things next to it, make things darker, which will pop a shape forward without doing anything to it, right? So pushing is just making shapes more three-dimensional. Plusing is improving the image without changing the overall like agreed goal of the of the image does that make sense like like i if i'm plusing the background i've kept the same initial design that was agreed upon i'm not but i'm improving as i go like it's it's making that same idea better it's not well instead of a force now it's a fucking ocean right like because that's a really great way to never get paid yeah you know or to like get yelled at by an art director Making the forest better, like adding more details in the trees or bloom light, that's plusing, right? So improving the the image, not changing it into a different image and going, well, that's where the image took me. Like, you know, that. Yeah. He looks undead, so I'm trying to find ways to add just enough darkness. The actual rendering is the easy part. It's just getting the tone down, you know. Unless you don't care. A really easy way to get this stuff done fast is just don't care. <laughs> That's the spirit. <laughs> if you don't care about any of this and you just make whatever and you got a million prints in that artist alley and you just fucking do whatever you want to do, then yeah. Everything I'm right. teaching right now is pointless. <laughs> Yeah, but if you want an actual real good art job in future things, you know, you got to see if I can zoom in ahead. What? He's moving. I think I'm like, at this point, I'm like, you know, I'll just work on lighting this guy because I don't know how to fix that face right now. Right. And I don't know how much of this dude to get rid of so i'm also like once i start showing his original skin then i'm like is he too green so this would have been better to figure out in the color roughy ultimately these kind of shades you know um in like color lighting but in the interest of time i just was like well it'll look like this but with tonalized skin in shadows and i'll figure that out on the page So that's why there's a lot of this little like tweaking back and forth. Because he's going to be mostly in colored shadow and then his natural skin tone will come around. Well, it's this rim light. I should also stress too, I don't think I'd colored anything for the better, like at this level for the better part of like two months. So I've been doing a lot of really conceptual work at work. So it's like, uh, anytime I feel the skill slipping, I'm like, you know, I need to go do something. <laughs> need to go do something 
at a different level. As much as like game art all looks great, you're just seeing the pieces that they selectively show to the public. The majority right. of it's super rough. Not like would impress anybody, you know? Because there's a lot of things that have to be just figured out. And they can't be figured out by rendering the shit out of everything for hours every day. So it always looks rough. And then you, the ones that make it go to a higher level of polish in production. Um, sometimes I'm trapped <laughs> in design decisions that I don't get to make. So I'm not rendering anything. And then I forget how to do all this stuff. So that's when I spend my weekends doing shit like this. This is fun. Like uh, lassoing the hairs. So, And I'm trying to leave a little bit of an edge around. The dark edge around mm -hmm. so it looks more three-dimensional. Were you happy with your final colors on all this and how it all? Yeah, the only thing about the image that um, I'm like, I don't know, is that the way that hind leg worked, I had intended for it to be more leaning forward, but I just gave that up. I was like, you know, it's going to require like me re-figuring out the drawing to do that, and I'm not going to do it, so... I think in the final image, it doesn't really matter much. Um, but I look at it, I'm like, yeah, that back leg, I could have probably worked on that more. Color-wise, the final one's fine. The only thing that you don't see here that you'll see me add pretty quickly toward the end is I figured out, oh, it needs more blood because the game has a shitload of blood. So I add that in after the fact. But I mean, look, my, my coloring style, man, it's, I always say, dude, it's, it's 1997 in HD, you know, like, if you remember the covers to, like, PlayStation Magazine and stuff, like, that's the kind of art I make, you know, just instead of, like, four people doing it, I'm doing it, you know, and then I'm trying to, like, pick colors that are more relevant to the game or, to modern sensibilities with lighting because some of those colors could be a little garish, right? Back in the day. Like, they were coming from picking limited color palettes and so they were still using a lot of that, which which works for mood. Sometimes when you just have a weird orange light in the middle of Resident Evil, you're like, that looks cool. Like, you know? Like, right. But I mean, at the same time, I'm like, well, could also be a little bit more pleasing to actual, like, lighting sources and stuff, so... But it's weird because my art falls somewhere between kids' art and grown-up art. You know what I mean? Like, it's neither right. one or the other. So clients tend to go, you want to work on our children's book? I'm like, I don't know if I'm the children's dude, man. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I'm in that action figure teen. The, the the kids who bought Spawn action figures, eight, that middle group. Yeah. You know? And those people aren't generally, unless they're artists, don't care about art. When you're that age, you're out playing Fortnite and shit. So I'm like, I can design Fortnite toys. You know? Yeah. You know, like, so this is me adjusting those halftones per character. So. So each character, get, each piece gets its own halftone layer. Yeah. And it's, it's beyond that. I'm also like 
graying out in the mask. Like I'm toning it down a little bit and then adding a little more. So it doesn't look like it's just a piece of texture thrown over the whole piece. I think when it looks like that, it's jarring. It should look like I scanned this in. It shouldn't look like a piece of texture sitting over an entire piece <coughs> of art. Right. So that requires... Every, that's why I have a base set of these textures and then I adjust it per image in terms of intensities and um, texture detail. Like I can duplicate some of those layers and create more textures. So. And then I put it on the background to see how that looks. Now, I don't want to leave it on too much while I'm coloring because those texture layers eat up a shitload of memory. So like I'm constantly turning them on, checking. Yeah, they look good. And then turning them back off and working. Sometimes, Otherwise it'll slow everything down. Yeah, but sometimes I can look at it and go, oh, this doesn't need much more detail. You know? How often do you uh, do you save the art mid-working so if it crashes or... I try to do it every 15 to 30 minutes, but I'm, I've fucked up. You know? <laughs> you can lose track of time. I think, we've all, I think we've all done that. You know, you go, you're an hour in and then you forget. I also recommend when you save to not control S, control uh, Alt S or control Shift S, save as, and always save a version, an A and B file, because I had a it happened once where I was saving and in the middle of a save, um, the power went out and corrupted the file, like it just went out, killed all the power in my studio. Right in the middle. Right in the middle, so it corrupted the whole file. I lost six hours of work. Wow. So now I I always save as a copy. So I have at least two versions of the same file I'm working on separated by, you know, 30 minutes to an hour versus the whole thing's, you know, ruined. So now I'm just trying to figure out what level of, where, how much light is hitting the sword. What should be a soft edge, what should be a hard edge. And then I'm going to do this, this little trick with the light. You'll see. Yeah, I don't know how this is sitting. So I'm like, fuck, it looks weird. Sometimes it never looks, it doesn't look as weird as it does with the day you're working on it. I look at it now, I'm like, I probably overthought some of this. But <laughs> but you see how like I, I go back in and I add this little like shade around the white. And there's something about that, like, shade around the white that pops it forward, you know what I mean, versus flattening it. So I'm just going in there and just like, all right, so it needs that little dark rim around everything. Otherwise, it just looks a little too flat to me. So, And I get that. Like I had, when I was in college, I had art friends go, you're just, you just focus a little too much on little things like that, man. But, Hyper focus. Uh, but I'll tell you, man, working in like games, I have art directors that literally see twice as much as I do. You know what I mean? So right. I've always wondered, am I applying too much thought to this? And the answer is nope. <laughs> 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 nope. So now I'm trying to, how much light is hitting him going across? It would just be on his arm. It wouldn't be all over him. Right? Because right. the arm is popping forward, it would just be like this wrist. And then how many levels of light do I do? I 
tend to like two, two, maybe three, but the more you add, it, I don't know, you, it, it's like steps, so it just adds more time. So here I'm drawing, and I'm leaving little gaps, and then look, boom, and it works. It just pops those services forward. Yeah, it looks cool. It's an older style of rendering. <laughs> <laughs> you know? These days in comics, it's either super airbrushed, you know, super realistic airbrush, like on J. Scott Campbell stuff, or super flat, like that painted flat look like on the Sonic comics. Uh -huh. I don't seem to understand how to do either one of those. So, <laughs> you know, like, well, I know this style because I stared at it enough as a kid. I just like drawing with the lasso tool. Um, I do have to do that more realistic airbrush rendering at work for large 3D models. I just would not want to do it to my own art. so Because it's just, you know, it's fine for work. I think it's necessary, but for my own art, yeah. Looks somewhere between like cell animation and like stickers. And, I don't know. Now, when I'm adding these light sources in, it looks weird. So I have to adjust those highlights. And I need to push that back. So I'll soft shade some of his hand back into that shield. And his pants are looking a little purpley to me, so I will fix that at some point. Big surfaces now. Muscles. I still love the uh, texture on it. It just adds such a retro, cool look to pieces. It's kind of like, you know, Brandon, when you draw something and someone hooks up the colors, everyone looks at it and goes, who's your colorist? You're like, yeah, I know. It's it's the color I was doing all that. <laughs> now it's like those textures, man. You know what I mean? They solve the problems. But in my case, I just sort of feel like like uh it means I can color less and get fluctuation. You know, like interesting mm -hmm. colors. It's like film grain, man. Like I don't like it when they remove film grain from film. Even if it's digital, add in some fucking green. Right. I like the imperfectness. So, just took a while to find something that also didn't look like I was just adding halftone texture on top of the art, you know. So. Any questions so far, Brandon? Anything we've missed? I don't know what we've missed. I just... I'm just looking at it and I'm like thinking, what could I... What would I have trouble with besides everything? <laughs> um, starting. <laughs> starting. <laughs> starting, finishing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All the above. This um, is a little trick that I've learned how to do. Um, once it's dark, you can throw a brighter, so you can draw around areas and then airbrush in a little soft bounce light. 
even if it's a very neutral color, a very light neutral color, it will make it look more three-dimensional and pop things forward. In this case, I'm selecting a little bit of those blues and greens. And then I'll turn the opacity down a little bit so it's not so bright, but yeah. So this is will be the balanced. Let's see all the airbrushes in. And since I can select color and below, it's not selecting any of the colors that the textures are creating. Selecting colors from below the textures. Then I can just airbrush out those edges so they're softer. And then I'm like, you'll see me make changes, but. And this is being done over the lines too, so as I'm adding a bit of this bounce light into the shadow areas, it's going over the lines, so um, it'll look a little so bit So it tints more. the lines too? It tints the lines and it'll look a little bit more three-dimensional, you know? Anything under the lines will push the drawing forward. If I want to push the lighting forward, it just goes over the lines. Yeah, now I'm gonna tweak that lip. I'm like, I can see it. I remembered to save. I'm like, I gotta save this. So that's me saving. <laughs> so a lot of this work is just picking a light source, whether it's a direct light or a bounce light drawing selections, airbrushing, and erasing out opacities or edges to soften it a little bit, and then doing that again and again just a few times to get those surfaces to look a little bit more three-dimensional, you know, while adding in color and interest. Right. And then I'm like, is it too much? Is it not enough? When was the last time you over-rendered a piece where you felt like I did way too much? When was the last time I did that? Yeah, where you know, you like were really just like, man, I put too much into that, or I... Like, that's a recent time where you're like, I too much. That's too, too many things. Maybe on the Monster World, Monster Boy piece I drew. I felt like the coloring on that could have been more moody and less surfacey. Not in a while. Um, I think at this point, a lot of my, a lot of my decisions aren't so much on the level of like lassoing and selecting highlights it's 
is this an interesting light scheme? You know what I mean? Like, is this interesting colors? Does this lighting work? So, um, and then I want to get definitely more conceptual with backgrounds. Like, I really want to put messy, roughy stuff next to drawn characters, which you'll see me do all this week as I work on the cover to um, Lana Luca. So oh, I'm nice. Very, like, my roughy people are like, oh, that roughy looks great. I'm like, I hope you think so, because that background is pretty much, I'm not changing a lot from that background. Like, I'd say right. it's probably 80% done. She needs a ton of detail. Um, she needs to be drawn, and then I might add a couple extra things to the foregrounds, but I don't want to change a lot. I like this idea of really loose, sloppy-looking backgrounds next to drawn characters, and then just drawing a few items that they interact with with a little bit more rendering and detail. Um, and that hasn't obviously that's a production issue. It's like, well, I can speed things up that way, but I just like that look. I don't like backgrounds having super detail and characters having super detail so um, just a way to pop things out so but in order to do that i've had to like also go back to like how do i render backgrounds like you know what i mean and make it look good like how do i do that and it's really about light focusing on light and foreground middle ground background so um, which I did experiments years ago when I did my little background pieces. And then I'll be doing more of that as we go along. So always, you know, always changing, I guess, is always a plus. You know, it, knowing... A great way to get popular on the internet is to never change. <laughs> <laughs> People don't like it when you change, right? And they don't like, you know... When you're like, oh, you know, you do, you used to do all this stuff I really like. You don't do it anymore. I'm like, yeah, I don't do that anymore, you know. Um, but I also feel like I've never, I, I don't really feel like how I draw now is how I've always wanted to draw. I'm just trying to get there. You know what I mean? I don't yeah. even know if it's possible. I don't even know if there is a version where I'm like, oh, hey, you know, that's what an artist always wanted to be. I do look at it like would. 15 year old Rob be proud you know like if I if I could tell 15 year old Rob this is all you're ever going to be able to do could he live with that and, you know that that solves like where to stop how much effort to put it in you know like oh yeah he'd be proud of that because 15 year old Rob was a fucking picky motherfucker you know <laughs> so um, that and anytime I feel like I'm not doing enough compared to other artists I just go back to like the only artist I have to please is that kid who's about to sign up his entire life to get here. You know what I mean? Like, that's really the person that I have to please. Mm -hmm. um, but this sort of thing, we're like airbrushing in balanced lights and trying to find what's the right balance between this and that, you know, like what's enough, what isn't enough. Like, that is just being able to create more work. If I, do, if, I, if I spend less time rendering one piece, I can make more art, right? However, if I'm making a bunch of art that's just a bunch of nonsense, then that doesn't help either. So it's just trying to find what is that balance. And the only thing that, like, you can, you can render and shade the shit out of something. But if you don't understand what's fundamentally working the piece, like if you don't understand a light source, mm -hmm. you know, um, 
time of day, color, temperature, those things, then you, you can't add emotion to your art. And so part of what I'm also trying to do beyond just, just being a rendering exercise in terms of time and one of the things, you know, that's going on in my head is, is this emotionally is cool, you know? And like, it's always that balance between the technical and the creative. The technical side is how much time, effort, and whatever did I put into to do this? How much did it take? Versus um, the creative side, how is this making me feel? You know, like, how is this making anyone feel? Like, do they feel anything? Like, and that... That's less tangible, man. That's harder to make a video about. You know what I mean? Right. It's harder to even like, you know, when you see something and you go, oh, that movie felt soulless or that song feels soulless. What does that mean? You know, maybe the person who worked on that put everything they had into it. You know, right. you don't know. They didn't have it. How do you know they have it? Like, you don't know. So I think, well, for me, what, what I know visually can create emotion is color and light like when you look at a sunset it inspires if you if you're not a heartless asshole you know what i mean like it inspires some feeling inside right well that's that's an emotion too hate right yeah. <laughs> i didn't say they're good emotions you can inspire bad emotions but it yeah. is a matter of emotion and that's one thing that i learned doing t-shirts was how to with one or two colors help create a sense of emotion which is why i went that route versus being say like a tattoo artist tattoo art tends to in my experience be a lot of can you copy this drawing onto someone how well is the rendering right you understand what i mean and like that yeah. image means something to that person but when another person looks at a tattoo it's rarely creating an emotion in that person who's viewing it they may go, oh, that looks cool. I would like something like it. Then they go find an image that they're related to. That's not the same thing as looking at a sunset. You understand what I'm saying? Like right. it, a sunset is a universal form of emotion that everyone who's watching it is getting a different feeling from. And yeah. so what I've spent the last couple of years really toward trying to get my art toward, and I feel like I'm just kind of starting it, is to be able to in, invoke that emotion. And create just enough technical rendering to get there so that I can create more and more and not be tied down to endlessly rendering out little details that are going to do nothing but just impress like 2% of the audience. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you can right. details. Like, that doesn't really get you anywhere. Because, and I've had no choice but to get there the last couple of years because I've been doing game art and the people I work for are like, you know, beyond does this work in a game it's what does that make a player feel you know and that's where i was like right. oh so i am right about this this is something that i have to always be doing you know <laughs> and this is when you notice folks over the last couple of years a lot of the podcasts stop because not because i don't want to do them but because i don't know how to convey sometimes what i'm working on you know one i don't want to get in trouble and slip things that i'm working on you know what i mean like and be like oh i'm now i'm losing my job because i fucking slipped the word on some shit but also because i don't know and if i don't know i don't feel i have the right to explain to anyone else you know what i don't know you know what i mean like i have to explain it to me first and not just explain it but fully understand it and then be able to prove here's how i did this and i know it's working when people tell me 
oh, I love the way this looks. You know, like they, I can tell the difference between they're impressed with some technical thing I did versus some emotional thing that I did. You know? Yeah. So. Um, and that's why I don't make art. How do you add emotion into your fucking art? Like, ah, uh, look, I can, there's concepts, but getting there is, it's going to be different for everyone. And it's going to be different depending on airbrushing in Photoshop or rendering with color pencil. It's going to, the technical, how you get there is more of a technical issue. What you're trying to do is a creative issue. And I always say, like, if you can't see what you're trying to do, but if you can't see, you know, if you can't see the matrix, I can't explain it to you. You know, like, there's a certain yeah. level that people will get to. They will naturally get to. And then they, but then they need help. Once they know, oh, I need to do this thing, what do I do? You know, that's where I'm like, oh, well, I'm here now. You, we can talk about these concepts. But ex But trying to impart that knowledge on people who aren't ready for it, serves nothing you know what i mean it just honestly it gets in the way because then you got people who are honestly i had a guy who's constantly asking questions like how do you draw on paper and i'm like look man <laughs> i don't even i can't reply to it because i'm like you know what i'm saying like if you don't understand how drawing on paper works i'm not the guy to teach it to you, you know what i mean like right. that's another level like i'm i'm not at that level you know um but it is exciting when you do meet someone who's like, I've been trying to do that thing. And I see, you know, you got there. How did you get there? And then it's like, oh, you can get there by doing this. But it always starts with a mindset. It never starts with get this brush and set the opacity to this. Like that is never <laughs> the way it gets done. That's why, that's why I reject the whole, this program will solve all your problems. You Companies want nothing more, man, than programs to replace artists. Trust me on this. You know, and let me tell you, man, they keep trying to do it. And the ones that always work is when artists come back and you can see people, you know what I mean? When you watch a movie that made you feel something, it's way different than when, oh, we just put it in and the fucking computer cranked out all the animation. Okay, now I'm explaining how my inks work to people on the stream. So I can skip this. Drawing wood details and shit. So... Where are we at here? We're at the hour and 20. So, how much oh, we got? We got about oof, a little bit more time. Well, a lot of this is just bounce lights. So, I'll let this go for about five minutes and I'm going to skip ahead. So, for those that don't know, even though you've gone over it a couple times, what is a bounce light, Rob? It's light that is bouncing off the environment onto your characters. So you have a key light, which is global. That's where it could be the sun, it can be the lamp in your room, right? Shining yeah. right on you. A bounce light is when that light hits a surface and the color of that surface bounces onto you. So if uh, the key light hits a purple wall and then in a picture you take in, maybe if there's a little bit of purple tinting on your face or arm or something. The closer you are be. to that purple, there are going to be some bounce light from that surface onto you yeah and so the question is how much of that do i put in the image sometimes i want a technical thing where i select a part of this 
and with a neutral color, um, I'll airbrush a little bit of light in there that just bounces those, it pushes those shadows forward when I do that. The other part is this greenish thing, which is coming from actual, like, the idea that they, he might be in a forest. So that's what you see me doing. A little bit of both. So this question I have, with bounce lighting, and let me just say the whole question, is it something you learned from cinema, your animation classes, or was this, like, just part of the actual art, or how did you come about? Well, one because should one should learn how to render surfaces. <laughs> like, that's a part of art instruction, you know, that should exist in everyone's basic teaching. But it doesn't. But, but in my case, it did not. You know, yeah. I didn't really understand the concept until because I was always looking at comic books and you know, animation, right? Right. And they don't do a lot of that back in the eighties and nineties because it was hand drawn. It's kind of impossible to do a lot of that. Um, uh, I didn't really get a grasp on that until I worked in 3D programs where you're like, oh, you did this thing in caustics and if you throw a light, it bounces off into this. And then you're like, oh, the light bounces? Yeah, so it hits the surface and goes over there. And then, you know, I, I meet artists who got a fine art illustration technique. like, no shit, Sherlock. It's called bounce light. And I'm like, well, thanks for fucking... I don't know that shit, you know? So, um, I didn't really understand how to work it into my art until... Uh, I started using the lasso tool to draw light sources, you know? Then it was easy to draw little balanced lights and airbrush them in. Manually painting those in with like a painter brush, I don't really, I man, I don't understand how to do half that shit. You yeah. know, it always, I don't know how to do it. Like I, I constantly, every few months I sit down and go, I'm going to just paint some fucking shit. And I'm like, I don't think that way. Whatever that is, don't work with me. Right. So even when I'm doing watercolor, I'll throw a color pencil on top to get to tint things. You know what I mean? Like, I just think in a different way, apparently. So This manually drawing in these little rim lights with a solid color is a graphic design technique I learned from shirts. And that's how to pop an image forward using a rim light. Um, in this case, an oil brush. This is a not a realistic technique. This is a graphic technique, but helps show off the drawing. Now, the more painterly your image, those kind of rim lights can just be a painter brush, like a scribble brush, like a little chalk brush. It doesn't have to be so perfect. But I do have like drawn lines here, so these rim lights have to be a little cleaner. Otherwise, it starts to muddy up the drawing. And I won't lie, Painting looser paintings is way more effective for time than drawing lines. This is why the digital painting thing has taken off over the last 10 years. Because everyone's like, man, I can fucking just get some chalk brushes and just, you know, fucking awesome dragon, right. you know. And, it, and I absolutely agree with it. Except I'm addicted to drawing fucking lines. <laughs> you know, for my own art. Like, I'm like, I like designing things. Like, I like action figures, you know? So, backgrounds, I like it more painterly. When it comes to the characters, I like drawing lines. I like Spawn when Capullo has all those lines drawn on him, you know? I like Red Jay's art when he's drawing figures and shit. Um, Carlos Miglia, Humberto Ramos, you know? Plus, you can see the artist's hand when you do that. The more painterly, the less you're going to see the artist's hand. And I've said that before, but I have to remind myself. 
sometimes when I go a little too far on my own side, I'm like, well, I can just paint the stuff in and get ten times more work done. I'm like, maybe I shouldn't get ten times more work done. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like, maybe once I get ten times more work done, I'll feel the need to get ten times more than that. You know what I mean? Like, there is a limit. So, you ever see an artist where you're like, they're making good money, and you're like, maybe you should draw less. Maybe you're drawing a little much. You ever see some of those people? Oh, I don't yeah. want to say who they are. As a fan, not as a, not oh, as yeah. an artist, just as a fan. You're like, maybe if you did a little less, you know, put a little bit more effort, little less automaton. I wonder through. if I could say. <laughs> no. no. No, I got it. I got it. I got it. That is not some. That is, that is something that is very old. Wait, guys. Trying to say the. Nope. Couldn't do it. There's no way I can say a joke without giving away no. who I'm thinking of and or throwing well, them under the bus. It's different for everyone. So I always say, well, that can happen to me. You know? So Rob, you're not relevant enough for that. Uh-huh. <laughs> you can be irrelevant and a hack. You know what I mean? You can be an irrelevant <laughs> hack. <laughs> That's where that term hack came from, by the way. It's artists who just crank shit out and don't even give a fuck. You know? Uh-huh. You've lost the soul. And they go, well, gotta earn a living, gotta earn a living. And you're like, yeah, you gotta earn a living, dude. Absolutely. <laughs> that being said, once you've attained the fucking living, you you know what I mean? There's a point where you're just like cranking too much shit out. Yeah. Let me give you an example, because when it comes down to saying it about artists, it can turn personal. Imagine you're getting the Mandalorian the TV show, right? Mm-hmm. And you love the Mandalorian. You're like, this fucking show is awesome. Which I do. Right? I love the show. Now, let's say next month there's six more Mandalorian shows, and each one's a different Mandalorian, <laughs> right? And they're like, this Mandalorian thing worked. Now we're doing a show based on all these Mandalorians, and they're coming out every month. You're going to get a new show based on a Mandalorian. You'd fucking get tired of it pretty quick, right? And it's not that oh, yeah. they're doing shows based on other Mandalorians. It's that you know they're just churning shit out, right? No soul. <laughs> so, I mean, there are economic realities to working. And but once you've achieved a certain level of economic success, you can, you know, restraint, you know, means you don't fucking just produce seven million fuck. Okay, remember when Image came out and they kept putting out books that they never get past issue one, but they kept making new issue ones, you know, and you were just like, what is? I mean, I want new books, I want these new worlds, but pick something. You know what I mean? They stop giving me a tons of new issue ones that never get past issue one or two and they just disappear. You know, and it was because they were selling a shitload of books. And so some dudes decided to just put as many out there and rake in on those number ones. Same same thing too when you see a book have a little too many variant covers. I like variant covers. 79 of them, not a good idea, man. You know? <laughs> <laughs> was it the Dark Knight 3 that had like a hundred fucking variant covers? It's ridiculous. You know? So. It's too many. Alright. Let's see if I can... This is nitpicking. Let's see if I can get to the blood and we can wrap this up. <laughs> Alright, so this is where I decided to add blood. That picture of Spawn, by the way, was me explaining to people how I created textures. I gave them the shorthand of it. I'm not getting into that now. Basically, what I did is I took in scans of my old Spawn comics and um, started creating textures to where it started 
my textures made a clean version of the Spawn comics, which I have. I have the digital versions. That... He had something where you could buy like all the Spawn comics digitally for like on a humble bundle for like fifty bucks. So I got all three hundred or two hundred ninety-six of fucking issues for like three hundred bucks. But oh, they're, wow. the, they're the digital copies. They're one hundred percent clean from the source. So then I took my scans, and then I had the clean version, and I kept texturing it up until it looked like the scan. You see what I'm saying? Like that's how yeah. I reverse engineer my text. And then I've, that's where I started. So what I did here is I blobbed in this blood and then I'm drawing in the blood using the lasso tool over that initial drawing. And it's also stroking the edge. So the stroke is a dark red and the color is filling it with the red color. That's cool. It gives it a nice 3D effect. Yeah, I mean, it looks so, so solid. Yeah, it's solid. So. This will be me tracing these things. <clears throat> and again, this was not an idea I had when I first started. But I'm like, it needs blood. Is there blood in the game? A ton of blood, bro. Like, blood everywhere. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, it needs some blood. And this image needed something to pop that doesn't exist elsewhere. So when you, mm -hmm. when you do things like this, if you're going to add something to your art that doesn't already exist in the art, make sure you limit it to one part of the drawing. Don't fucking make everything on him. Like, if I went and put blood on him, blood on his chest, blood on the axe, blood on the dude behind that that's not it. Find a place to put it. Don't put it everywhere. And it seems like basic advice, but I'm telling you, you forget this shit when you're working on stuff. Right. When you're in the middle of it, Brandon, you know, you just... Like, you're like, I knew that. It's kind of like watching a trivia show. Like, you watch a trivia show, and you're like, I know those fucking answers. And then the people who get it wrong are like, I knew that, but they don't know it in the moment. Because when you're in the moment, you're like, uh, what was that shit? What was that? I can't think. Why can't I think? So, then when people tell you, you know, you could have done this blood thing, there's no blood. You're like, you fucking get this far. All the things I'm telling you that you got to do, I'm thinking about while I'm working. Bounce lights, right. you know what I mean? Emotion, the fucking drawing, the shapes, the way I want to do this. Then I get to this part, and I'm like, well, it needs something else. That's a hard, to self-edit, bro, is fucking the hardest thing there is to do as a professional artist. To be able to look at your art and go, it needs something, or it needs less, or needs whatever it needs, edit. I mean, that's what I love about having an art director, because I can just turn something in, and he'll be like, uh, it needs this or that. You know, I don't have to make that call. But when I'm working on my own art, I have to fucking do that, you know? Right. And so, like, when people go, it'd be really great if you were, like, an art director on a game. And I'm like, I don't think so. You know what I mean? <laughs> I know the guy who has that job, and fucking, right. he's a fucking pro. So here's a trick. So I've drawn this stuff over here, and then what I've done is I've selected the blood, copied the lines that would be right there, um... Tried to add a little bit of that line detail in. And then now I'm taking those that blood. I've put it in a folder. And I'm changing the folder to a multiply or burn. To tie it to the art. So when you're doing layers that have layer effects. You can't change a lot of the. Like if this has a layer effect. So it's creating color and stroke. If I turn this into, it won't, it won't have a layer effect. I want that to be a dodge or overlay. It won't. But if you put it into a folder, you can do a layer effect that way. Does that make any sense? And I want to show, I want to show this stuff underneath the blood. So the way to do that is to 
is a complicated thing. <laughs> yeah, I sort of understand it's a little complicated, but if you're creating things with layer effects and you want them to also have layer effects, you have to put them in a folder and change the folders layer effects to get that effect. <laughs> you know what? When you get to the point where you need to do it, you're going to go, oh, now I understand. <laughs> right? So it's kind of hard to understand if you don't know what I'm talking about. But the long story short is I need this blood to have the lighting that I've already done that's underneath it. So I need that blood to be like a multiply. In order for that to work, I have to, well, that's what I tried. I don't, we'll see how I get there. Yeah, so I get there. So, so in order to do that, I have to put in a folder, turn that to multiply. I can't just turn that layer to multiply. And then once I get there, I have to paint on top of it to make it look more three-dimensional because it's falling too into the drawing. This is what happens when you add shit on top of your art. Right. After the fact. Like, if you had this all planned out, I would have just rendered it straight out. But I'm adding right. this after the fact. So, you know, here we go. Chunky blood. You were asking me if I ever over rendered something. Yes. And I could tell you, man, it's the last cover I ever did for Tom. This chick on a pole or something. Well, it wasn't the last cover. It was the last cover I did when I ever airbrushed like that. And that Xenoscope kind of wannabe Joe, Joe, J. Scott Campbell. Right. Look, that. And it was because. You know, he wanted that realistic airbrushing and just kept adding shit. I'm like, this just looks like dog shit. <laughs> I hate every bit of it. Wow. We're at an hour and a half. Well, we'll watch the blood. It's good for you to see this shit anyway, because. Oh, yeah. I love it. But now it looks a little bit more like he's off to do something. All right. So when I add the blood, it makes it look like he's walking a little more, you know? Because he's like, I'm off to go fucking kill some shit. Here we go. still cool though like it definitely adds that dynamic craziness to the piece like it was cool before when he's walking with the sword but now it's like oh he just messed some shit up like he just went to town he's like I got my Popeye's chicken sandwich <laughs> <laughs> oh man I got it the weekend it came that. out bro you know and I'm like smells like feet Kyle disagrees with me because I don't think it smells like feet I'm like what the fuck are you eating dude I have not had one. I don't care to have one, but I wonder how dated this reference will be. But for those that don't know, people are going crazy over a Popeye's chicken sandwich. like literally fighting employees to get one. So that is the joke of this guy just went to town to get a chicken sandwich. 
This is me People trying to, over to This is me trying to see if I can add a little bit of an emboss layer to get away uh -huh. from rendering some of this stuff and see how that looks. I don't remember if I capped it or not. Or any of it. I may have thrown a little bit on top. Yeah, so I think I turned it down to like 60%. So I have those little painted highlights that are imperfect, but I threw a little bit of a emboss layer over it so I get a little bit of that depth without having to fucking manually go and airbrush all that shit. This really should have been figured out in the roughy stage. If I can be critical of anything, is I should have stumbled upon the blood thing in the roughy stage. And now I'm selecting the sword and just airbrushing a little bit of like tint. That needs to be darkened. It's too glowy. Let's see if I darken it. I do! Yeah, set it to a multiply so it stains. So I'll stain a little bit of his hand. Try to stain. Like it's a little bit on his other hand. It's a little bit on those rags. Like I'm erasing a little bit out just because I don't want to turn his whole hand glowy red. You know, like I don't want to. I don't want to do that. And then we do a little bit of rim line on the blood, pop it forward. And it ends up looking a little bit more painted than it really is. It's kind of like a trick. Yeah, it's the little things that, you know, just make a piece stand out even more. I think, though, you know, you can look at someone's art sometimes and be like, you can sometimes see more rendering than it actually exists, right? And you see the final mm -hmm. thing, you think, ah, oh, I mean, we really painted that thing. And you're like, not really. You know, not right. This is why I try to never finish something and then immediately post it on Instagram and say it's done. Like when I think it's done, I'll I try to give myself a full day to fucking sit on it because I'm gonna see something that needs some kind of level of adjustment. And I don't want to explain to fucking clients. So here's another one. I want to get some details in the blood, so I'm going to manually draw in all of these little highlights with the lasso tool. I'll probably tap the key to refine edge. Yep, there's a refine edge. And then I'll airbrush in some little coagulation spots. Ooh, fancy. And then... I can just draw little other ones in there. Just add a little of that texture. So I'm quickly drawing air brush in, air brush in. And yeah, a little fluctuation just by drawing in little round spots. So I'm not manually painting that shit in. I'm just drawing, refining, mm -hmm. airbrush, draw, refine, airbrush, draw, refine, airbrush. So I'm like, what are your brushes? I'm like, largely the lasso tool. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and it honestly. throws people off. They're like, wait, lasso tool? And you're like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I get a lot of work done with that thing. 
it was mapping the refine edge the contraction so i have three buttons i was saying before i have the refine edge i have the feathering and then i have contract what that means is every time i draw something i can tap it and it contracts the selection by one pixel so i tap it three times it goes down three pixels and that's how i can get little extra highlights um, without manually drawing them if i don't need to Every time you contract, though, it sharpens the lines back up. So I got to do another refine edge if I want to keep them softer. So if you feathered an edge and contracted, when it contracts, it's going to be a hard edge again. You have to refeather it. Now at this point, I'm like, is it done, Rob? Can I just stop? Like, what? Where? At what point? Just like <laughs> Rob's just like, and you'll walk away and come back to a piece, right? And maybe mess with it. Yeah. Well, I can already tell you one of the things I'll do is see on his arm, the blue is going into the line. That looked great when I didn't have that 2D rim light, but I'll go back and change that blue to the color of his skin. See where his shoulder and his elbow is? The blue is going into the line, the thick line. But because the rim light's in the way, it looks weird. So I'll fix that. <laughs> and I still have to like quickly draw a background. I do that like in three seconds though. So. Oh, show off. <laughs> yeah, actually, it's I mean, I draw with the lasso tool. Yeah, I don't know how to. And now I'm adding a little bit of splatter brushes, right? That sells the blood. So I set that to multiply, and then select the sword, and then I draw, add a little bit of that splatter. Boosh. It's like, how much? There you go. That's too much, drop. Too much. It's like getting that toothbrush out and just over splattering your art. I've done that many times. You're like, damn it, I can't take it back now. <clears throat> All right, let's see if I get to the background. I can't remember if I even recorded it, so let's. See. I'm going to bounce. I think I airbrush in a little bit of that blood bounce light up in there. A little bit of just a little bit and then i airbrush um some of the uh green on his back leg to reseed it so and then i fix these arms right up in here see fixing that now let's see if i and then i turn it on and off off on yeah i like the blood <laughs> if i didn't like it i would have deleted it all that right i've done that no i believe it i'm like no it's not working then I throw the stroke over that blood, so it's also a stroke. That was a little bit of a pain. And then let's see if I do the background. I'm skipping ahead here, folks. Oh, there's a little bit of color back there behind him. This is that thing where I told you you can draw 
around in here and then airbrush in a, sort of a neutral color and that just pops it forward and it looks more looks like that little bit of dark rim around it makes it look like there's more there than is there does that make sense i don't know it's hard to describe that part it's uh yes you'll know when you get there and then airbrushing in but oh, this is fun drawing in a little yellow highlights on this stash i saved that for last because i knew it would be fun <laughs> it's your dessert yeah yeah for real look it pops it right forward And now I'm going to draw highlights. So I'll draw this, refine it, airbrush, and then I'll airbrush in a softer highlight back there to pop that forward. All right, let's see if I can skip ahead. Oh, look, glows. Glows are down here on an overlay layer. They change. Hey, Crusher, longtime fan of all of us says enjoy listening to you guys chat and do art while i'm doing my own art i appreciate it crush go support my patreon my gum road oh wait i don't have any of that shit <laughs> you know what i'm gonna get set up though i gotta get set up kofi what is that can uh, I buy you coffee? It's it's a tip that you yeah it's in the form of a coffee like they can tip, so like two bucks. I, I I like that idea. Does it actually go towards coffee, or you just get the two bucks? In my case, it goes towards coffee. It can go toward hard supplies, but yeah, you know, it could go toward hard supplies if I want to. But... Does that mean I finally get a dollar? No. For all my hard work. Mm, no. You spent all year drawing like two pages. I've yet to see. So. Not I like talk how about every, time you, every time you say it, it's gone from like one week, two months, four months. Now it's been a year. It's been all year. Wait, on like two pages. Uh, so here's just a little extra details of surface highlights. I can. So even though there's shadow, I'm highlighting some of those edges, right? I'm trying not to overly like draw the, the cheek muscles and stuff, just popping that stuff a little forward and then throwing some glows back in there just to get it a little colorful. And then I tone it down. Like every time I add glows, I overdo it. So I like it and then I turn it down 75% because I'm like, you know, <laughs> or 270 to 60%. Because I'm like, I like that, but I know I overdid it. Right. I got a little color fiend in me. I'll go crazy. Shit will turn to pinata colors and shit. And these little tassels, I'm going to airbrush or sharp. I'm going to darken them. I do something to pop them out. We'll find out in a second. There you go. I darken. How Did I even record the background? I want to know. I'm curious to know. Like I may have done that on my own. Yeah, I don't remember seeing it. But now this is me painting in little highlights using the oil tool just to get that extra little surface. So this is that extra stuff I told you that you were like, oh, you do those little extra renderings. I do, but I try to save it for last because if you do that up front, you're gonna spend all day rendering details that don't affect the nah, majority gotcha. of the image. Right? Makes sense. So. These are the kinds of things that there's no time to do in 
sequential comics. Good for covers, not good for interiors. So I'll go here. This is an overlay again with like a light cream color, and I'm just. I'm thinking that looks cool. Done, right? Nope. Got some trees to do. Got some trees to do. There's not much time left, so. Like, there's literally 10 minutes left on this video. So I'm like, did I get it done in 20 minutes? Or 40 minutes? 40 minutes. Yeah, I did. I got this whole thing done in about 30, 40 minutes. Impressive. So here we go. I take that background. I line it up. And look, I'm just tracing over my Rafi. Right? And then I'm airbrushing in, sampling those colors. Yeah, here we go. This will be fun to watch. For me, because I'm like, huh. Impressive, quick trees, okay. And I've I've feathered those edges and I've added way more texture on the background. I duplicated my retro textures and on the background, it's just affecting it like twice as much as everything else. That's how it has all that weird blotchiness going on back there, which I uh -huh. like, because I wanted to add more to the background because I don't want to put it on all that effort. So, <laughs> so it's all that purple texturing back there. All right, then I now I'm gonna draw these little leaves using the lasso tool. I was say draw or lasso tool. Oh, I'm drawing it with the lasso tool. So quick and efficient. And then I'll refine edge and fill in. Watch, it's so simple. Mm -hmm. And then I'll duplicate some over <clears throat> and shrink them down so I can create a couple more. No, that didn't work. I had to manually draw it. I tried to cheat, but it didn't work. So I'll draw some little ones back there. I'll probably fill those with a separate color so they're lighter. I'm guessing. This is... I forget. I have no memory of doing this. So let's see what I do. Lighter color, Rob. Lighter color! Look at that. I Yay! Knew I knew it. And in the grass, I'll just draw the top parts and then airbrush just the tops so they blend into the background. So. <laughs> super simple. Looks cool, though. Yeah, it's super effective. I've been working on this for the comic. And then I erase the bottoms so they blend in. And I'll stroke those front leaves. Adds a little bit of color, make it a dark blue or saturated blue. I can't remember. Do I keep that stroke? I remember doing it. I don't remember if I kept it. Right. I have no memory, folks, like Gandalf. Like, I don't know. And then I'll change that grass to fit the grass I currently have going down with the color because it's a different color than I intended. There's two Robs. There's regular Rob and there's Art Rob, like a symbiote. It just takes over. Rob blacks out. He's not in control. Four hours go by. Art Rob's called you at 2 in the morning to yell at you. <laughs> 
So yes. You, you, yes, yes, I've yes. told my wife, I'm like, there's another voice. There's another me that comes out. And you know what I mean? When I get my ideas um, or direct. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's... it could be. Yeah, you've called me to yell at me. You've called me to yeah. do a podcast. You've called. Mm-hmm. Rob will call me at one a.m. What are you doing? I'm like I'm going to bed. I knew you we were. Up. Up. We got to do a podcast. Yeah, yeah we got to do it now. <clears throat> you wanted to be a celebrity, so there we go. That's it. Yeah. That background got done super fast. Told you. Oh, well, this pretty. Is, these corners. I probably didn't need these corners, but they were in the original thumbnail. I kept uh-huh. not drawing. Check it. I had to draw this fucking bullshit grass three times because it wasn't fucking like the first one was the best, but I lost it because when I got done drawing it, it just diagonally linked back. It didn't make the selection. There's me just drawing grass. What grass tool do you have? It's called lasso tool. Draw fucking weird grass pieces. Simple gradient. <clears throat> And can I duplicate this? I'm trying to find out how to get a foreground level of stuff without actually putting much effort in. Oh, look, I fucked that up there too. Oh, God damn it, I gotta do it again. Keep doing that. That's when you know you're at the end of something. You're like, I want it to end. You keep making simple mistakes <laughs> right. and shit. You know, you ever make a bunch of those simple Yeah, you ever make a bunch of those simple mistakes over and over again? It's kind of like at the end of a football game when people just keep fucking doing bullshit penalties and fouls and shit. You're like, come on. Yeah, let it be over. Yeah. Then I thought maybe I can get out of doing those foreground pieces. I just had these little glows. And I'm like, no. No, I'm going to have to do it. I don't show this part. People will be like, why wouldn't you put the glows in? I saw it in the final image. It's not in You're hiding the glow thing. No, there yeah. it is. Fill a layer up with black. Set it to color or linear dodge, and you're going to get some nifty glows. Really great yeah. ways to do like like streaked <clears throat> lighting effects, too. <clears throat> Bokeh, they call that, you know, and like the light blooms. You can do that. The signature. Come on, I added the. Did I cut out the four? I remember there being a foreground. Huh? Maybe I didn't put the foreground. Maybe I was like, you know what? It's not working. I would be proud of myself. I could easily stop this video and look, but I'm just curious. No. Yeah, just keep it going. My signature was low res. I had to put in a high res one. <laughs> <laughs> And then I'm like, it's standing out too much. I know. People, when people are watching you stream art, they're like, how long are you going to spend on your signature, Rob? As <laughs> long as it fucking takes. I don't like my art, to, my signature to stand out too much on the piece. Right. Like you want there. it to be all, like almost part of the art. That's how I feel about it. Well, I liked when artists would maybe do it like, let's say if it's like, in a city and there's like a debris and it's on a piece of ratty paper or on a trash can or like it's graffiti, you know, sometimes things like that are cool. But if it's, if it's part of the piece like this where you're making it the same as the blood colorish looking, I think I select the background. It's going to be more greenish oh, okay. or yellow. Like it's going to tie. It'll still blend. It's not going to just be like over the whole fucking foot or bottom of the whole piece. It's not, I'm not going to grant Morrison this shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Brandon? <laughs> 
<laughs> you know what I'm talking about? It was a Grant Morrison. Yeah. <laughs> I assure you, I know the story. Yeah. Fuck that guy. For those that don't know, real quick, I uh, I went to this Vegas expo thing that cost a lot of money. A lot of money. A lot of money. And I got, and I was literally the first person in the whole line of like probably 2,000 people to get a Jim Lee sketch. Okay. First one. I was the first guy and Jessica could have got one, but she got nervous because she didn't have, she wasn't on the, the line and she wasn't in the line, but I was like, just get a sketch, but she didn't. But anyways, I get a Wolverine sketch, him smoking a cigar, which is rare because you never see Wolverine smoking anymore, but he used to love cigars when Jim Lee would draw them. And I'm walking past Grant Morrison. I'm like, Hey, can you sign in this book that I have? And he signs over Wolverine's hair. So it looks like Wolverine has a really long, wild <laughs> hair on top of his head. And I have yet to since even look at the book or sketch. I think it's somewhere on my shelves. I don't know. Probably. You could send it to Let me. Let me see. No, you'll post it on your page. I could probably fix it. <laughs> probably. I, I have. I ha I have the ability to do that with some acrylic. Yeah, you'd fuck it up, but I. I think I could probably fix. Maybe it. I will do that to you, or maybe it just adds to the value. Hey, Jim Lee sketch, Grant Morrison's signature. What? Twofer. Who doesn't want that off eBay for fifty dollars? This is the one I left over his dead body after I murdered. <laughs> I know. I, I, I literally, I forgot to tell you that I literally said, are you fucking serious in the middle of the showroom? Like after he did it, I go, are you fucking serious? And he looked at me like, what did you say? I'm like, yeah, you just signed over Jim Lee's sketch. <laughs> like, bro, like, are you serious? He's like, well, and then the other guy's like, we got to go to a panel. I'm like, what a dick. <laughs> fucking dick. I wonder if I could reach here with the mic still on. Oh, that's it. That's all there is. All right. So that's that's the piece, and this is the final one. So that's all it took to get from there to here. And you can see all the. Hey, Rob, do you want to know the name of that con was that I went to? It was Vegas Con. No, it was called the Morrison Con. Uh, well, that's why. Yeah, I just realized that as I look at the book right now, I see it. I forgot the damn name. That's how pissed I was after. Let's turn the textures off. So this is without the textures. This is with the textures on. That's with the textures off. Yeah, makes a giant difference. Uh, and that's it. That's all I got, Brandon. We did this shit for two hours. <laughs> Yay. Oh, two hours. We saw a lot. We learned a lot. We learned a lot of stuff that I could easily charge you $10 on a gum road that people then steal and put up on one of those GitHub sites. And I never see any money from them. So I figured, why not just do it for free? <sighs> That's it. That's it for this piece. I've talked enough about Wolverine. I never want to draw Wolverine. I don't, really, I don't want to look at it anymore. That's how I feel. That's how I feel about you. Hell yeah. That, that got mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean. Brandon, you're, 
you're cutting out. Your whole thing is cutting out. So let's uh, let's see if I can hit. Okay, Brandon, can you talk? Yes. All yes. Right, you're, you're much better now. All right. So I'm gonna head out of here. Is there anything else? Uh, if I learned anything today is don't let Morrison sign your book. <laughs> Let's see if the ending works. Let's see if this this works. It works. Don't let Greg Morrison sign your work.